cliffcentral.com. Let us turn our attention to the African continent. Of course, we do this every couple of days. We check in with JJ Cornish, who is our man who knows what's going on. African analysis is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. Let's take a look at what is happening with JJ Cornish. Hello, sir. Hi, JJ. Bonjour. A big, big day in Africa. Really, really big events happening, eh? Yeah. Tell us. Well, we have Sudan, you know, and uh, once the biggest country, once South Sudan broke away, no longer the biggest, but, you know, one of the most dramatic countries and one of the areas being fought for, the presidential palace, the former governor general's palace, is where Gordon of Khartoum died in 1885, fighting against forces of the Mahdi. It's a fantastic right. place to go to when if you're looking at the history. But here are the two top military generals, the head of the army, Abdel Fattah Burhan, and the head of the special, the rapid support forces, Mohammed Dagalo, are fighting one another for control of the military. Now, they both maintain that they should be running the military, and they've had three days of fighting. 200 civilians at least have died. It's interesting because that's the number of civilians who died in demonstrations after the fall of uh, uh, Omar al-Bashir in, 20, in 2019, uh, they were fighting to have the, and democracy. And uh, then, of course, there was the coup in 2022 where uh, Burhan took control. Now, now, you know, the whole world is looking at this with great, great, great concern. Uh, mm. uh, Anthony Blinken talked to both uh, Burhan and Dagalo yesterday on the phone and said, stop this immediately. We've had the United Nations, the African Union, the Arab League, the European Union, IGAD, these multilateral bodies all saying, come on, come to your senses. The United States, Britain saying, stop this fighting. And, and none of it has happened. There was a bit of a lull yesterday, but this morning we have tanks in the streets of Khartoum again. Um, the dead remaining unburied or, I mean, in, in, Muslim culture, they bury them right where they die if they can't. They've got to be buried within 24 hours. Uh, hospitals being hit. So a very serious situation. Uh, and and uh, uh, there the doesn't seem to be relief at the moment. Jeez, sounds absolutely horrendous. So the Sudanese going at each other and obviously the ordinary people suffering as a result of that. Exactly um, that. And they don't seem to have much regard yeah. for human life, these two military forces having at each other. Uh, yeah. uh, Dagalo didn't do his name much good fighting uh, the civilians again in Darfur, you know, which was once yeah. the running sore of the world. And and, and uh, the fighting is spreading oh. out throughout Sudan. So it, it's a very, very worrying situation, Gareth. Seems like a, 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 a breeding ground for the, the least humanitarian people among us in Sudan. But I'm curious also about what you said there, the, the, all these international organizations, uh, the, the, the AU, uh, having absolutely no uh, ability to persuade either side to just ratchet down the violence, huh? Well, they, they couldn't, you know, it took a long time to unseat uh... Uh, Omar al-Bashir and uh, you, you know I mean it being such a large country is very difficult of course it's also an oil producer and moves and moves oil from South Sudan up the Nile mm. you know it's uh, Khartoum is at the confluence of the white and the blue Niles so strategically mm. a hugely important place 
most just about every drop of, of of oil coming out of there goes straight to China. So there's that consideration. Uh, you know, it's a in terms of sort of macro international affairs. This is uh, in, and and Africa. This is probably the big one. Eh? Well, it's horrible. Maybe if China <clears throat> had more of a record for caring about human lives and said, "Hey, we're going to stop buying your oil," that would stop them. But who knows? I mean, it's all nah. conjecture at this point. Yeah. Right, so, so let's talk about, uh, unfortunately, another violent thing on the continent. Mm-hmm. Forty people have died in attacks in northern Burkina Faso this month. Yes, indeed. Um, so, are these the Wagner Group of Russian mercenaries? Well, no. These are these are people dying in fighting the insurgents, the the uh, jihadis up there. Ten days ago, another forty-four people were killed, also in the north of Burkina Faso. But the mm. Wagner mercenaries are supposed to be there. Burkina Faso kicked out the French forces, and uh, they've taken on the Wagner forces to help them fight the jihadis. Oh. But they don't seem to be doing much of a job. So it's a very difficult situation with Burkina Faso. Uh, um, again, that whole area of the Sahel, uh, the, you know, once they had the, the five countries of the Sahel fighting together against the jihadis. But they, they've thrown out the French, but they have no answer to the protection the French once provided. So it's a very difficult one. And these jihadis, are they the same people who have been uh, kidnapping girls in Nigeria? Is it the same organization, Boko Haram, or is this a different sort of Well, they're all, all related. This is, this is uh, IS. But, you know, they're all related. Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mishmash of the lot of them fighting in that area. So maybe they should have kept the French. Well, you know, you're in danger of sounding like a colonialist there, but, uh, you know, but yeah. if you're being practical, yeah. it's if not, it it's have, not, uh, if it could it's have saved not, a, 40 not an people, insane uh, Yeah. All right. So let's, let's just talk about uh, something a little more colonial, the IMF. Uh, because the IMF obviously is the organization that some people absolutely loathe and despise and think has a nefarious purpose for the rest of us. Uh, other people are saying it's the uh, it's the final backstop against countries going completely bankrupt and ruining their economies. But they have come out with some very bleak economic news for our continent. Um, some of it is our fault. Some of it is obviously not our fault. Um, soaring inflation, clearly Joe Biden's fault higher borrowing costs, because, of course, we are the recipients rather than the donors of foreign aid. The Ukraine war is obviously not our fault either, but that's pushed up the cost of certain commodities Mm. and it's uh, upset the the, the flow of of capital between countries. And and foreign aid is drying up. I mean, lots of people are are just cutting those, those payments at the root. No access to bond markets. What does this mean for Africa? Yeah, I don't know why you blame Joe Biden for the inflation. I think that soaring inflation 20 years ago uh, hasn't well, been seen for that long. Well, JJ, but, when you when you print over a trillion dollars in two years, I think that might have some inf- some effect on the dollar and therefore inflation worldwide. Well, according to the IMF, you know, the, the Breton Woods, the leader of the Breton Woods financial institutions who are meeting at the moment, uh, the, the, the Ukraine war is to blame for most of these things. There's certainly the inflation and certainly the, the failure to access. They hasn't sold a euro bond since 2022 in, uh, in, in Africa. 
Uh, and this means it's going to hit the, the bottom line being the development and the re- reducing the costs for the development uh, uh, or re- reducing expenditure on development. It's a very, very sad situation for Africa. But uh, the, the, what they've done is, of course, try to get grain through uh, the United Nations uh, negotiating grain shipments because there was a stage where uh, Africa was literally being brought, brought to the point of starvation because of that Ukraine war. But this is probably the, one of the bleakest uh, predictions from the IMF. As I say, they're in full throw at the moment. You know, this is the financial guys uh, meeting in Washington are, are like, it's like the United Nations General Assembly when the political guys meet in New York. This is a very, yeah. very big meeting and uh, that they should make this very dire prediction for Africa makes us think what on earth we can do. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, as I said, the worst we've seen in, in two decades. So, uh, Maybe. It, it's something, it's something we've got to address. And, uh, the African governments, uh, must do what they can, but they are so reliant on uh, development aid and so reliant on the inflation rate in the world well. that they, they sometimes just have to throw their hands up and, and take the punishment. Maybe we should stop suckling on that poisonous teeth then, and maybe we should also de-dollarize ourselves. I mean, you, you hear lots of, of talk around the, you know, the, the, the BRICS movement and what's happening with Brazil, Russia, India, China, and, and Saudi Arabia now hopping on board that uh, particular train. Maybe it's time for us to, um, to choose new colonial masters because we're certainly not going to be – I mean, it's also – like what the hell does the Ukraine war have to do with – why should Africa be punished – for what's going on between Putin and Zelensky. Most Africans could care less, mm. right, JJ? Except for John Stanley. Indeed they could, but uh, the, the knock-on effect in terms of uh, what it is costing, what this is doing to world inflation, we feel it. It's, you know, we could well, care again, less than that about Joe, global Joe, warming, Joe, but we hit the worst. It's because Joe Biden's bankrolling the Ukraine, so if he stops giving them free money, it might just stop the inflation. I mean, nobody thought of that. Uh, well, I think they've thought of it, but then what happens to the Ukraine? You just let it go? You let Russia take it? I don't see why Africa and, 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 and ordinary American taxpayers should have to worry about Zelensky and his friends. I don't see why that's a priority for anyone in America or in Africa. Well, Africa has not uh, backed uh, the, the Ukraine to any extent. Uh, and yes, I mean, but they are absolute uh, can you use the phrase innocent victims, but they're absolute victims of that fighting. So, so the, the sooner it's stopped, the sooner it's brought to a stop, uh, the better. But, you know, one of the problems, one of the criticisms of Africa is that they haven't voted to condemn uh, the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine. So they seem to be seem to be on the side of Russia in this matter. And, uh, you know, that hasn't helped. Why, but it's, why that, don't... that has nothing to do with, with the economic ills that they are feeling now. Why don't the West, instead of giving all this free money to the one side and complaining about how the other side is the aggressor, which we all, I mean, we all know that's the case, right? Mm. There's no real debate about this. Why don't they force these two idiots to sit down and come to some sort of peace agreement. These, they haven't spoken in over a year. They don't care about how many lives are lost. Neither side, Putin or Zelensky, they haven't made any effort to sit down and talk. None. And all that's happening is money is being poured into it. This sounds to me like something that is on purpose and it is being done with the intention of 
of prolonging this war and creating more chaos. I don't see how that we should have to suffer on this continent as a direct result of bad decision-making in the West. Well, I mean, we, you know, I think when, when those countries catch cold, we get sick too. That's all there is to it. Whether, whether they should be talking, I mean, any, any conflict requires people to sit down at the table and talk. But, you know, what, why did we not say to Poland after Germany had invaded Poland, uh, you know, you really need to sit down and talk to Adolf Hitler? You know, I mean, the, the situation is, is, is fraught. And the fact is, Ukraine was invaded by the, by Russia. So, uh, you know, yes, they, they should talk and they have yeah. tried. I mean, I know that there was efforts to bring China as a mediator into this. And China has played a mediation role uh, between Iran and Saudi Arabia, a very interesting one. They want to play a role, but when it came to it, they haven't managed to do it yet. I agree with you entirely that we need to talk. Jaw, jaw is better than war, war, to quote my old friend, uh, Winston Churchill. Churchill. But uh, we have to do it, you know, but at the moment, while, while Russia is shelling uh, and, 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 and raising uh, Ukrainian cities, what, what talking can you do? You've simply got to defend yourself. Ah, uh, well, Good you know, I, I, I must tell you, I really, I think more and more people on, on this continent and even more people in the United States who are bankrolling the Ukraine could care less what happens to the Ukraine. Going forward, they just want this thing to end. They want the world economy to stop spiraling downhill the way that it is. And we'd all like to just see some sensible heads prevail here instead of people who seemingly are hell-bent on continuing this. And, I mean, it's just it, – like, no, who cares this much about the Ukraine? It wasn't like they were a paragon of democracy before anyway. They were also one of the most corrupt governments in the world. So I, as far as I'm concerned, I don't really care what happens to Ukraine. And I'm, I'm sure that's the case for most people. I, I certainly would disagree with you very strongly on that. I think a lot of people see this as a very, very dangerous pointer, and they believe that Russia has to be checked at this point. Otherwise, where will it end? You know, if Russia decides, if Putin decides he wants to restore the glory of the Soviet Union and bring the fir- former Soviet countries in, and, and that's what he's doing. I mean, Ukraine, of course, is the open door to Russia. Anybody wanting to get into Russia comes through Ukraine because there's no mountains. You know, geographically, it's the open door to Russia. So you can understand his fixation with it. But the fact is, uh, he has even, to be brought to He can't even... He can't even finish off the Ukraine. Everybody said he was so dangerous. He can't even, I mean, they haven't made any progress. They haven't taken Kiev. They, they, that Mariupol, all of these places. It just seems to me like JJ, this is, it's being set up as something that it isn't. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to debate this with you at great length. The fact is, though, <laughs> the very money that you say shouldn't be pouring in is what is enabling Ukraine to hold Russia off. So it's, you know, six of one and a half a dozen of the other there. I, I certainly feel very strongly for Ukraine. And I do believe uh, that I have uh, uh, the majority of people on my side, not on yours. Well, I, yeah, I think on, on this continent, since this is African analysis, uh, we're only talking about this because it affects us and it's yeah. affecting us adversely. And we don't care about the Ukraine on on. on African soil. We're not at, we, in fact, most of the governments in Africa are, are pro Russian. Well, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, they would. Mm-hmm. But, so, uh, you know. So, so, then, so then we, we should be arguing for Russia on this show. 
And and for China and for a lot yeah. of things. No, I think we should be arguing for what's best for Africa. And is that situation you know, supporting Russia against Ukraine the best for Africa? I don't know. I see that we we uh, that uh, South Africa has now been excluded from the G7 summit in Tokyo. Uh, uh, we used to be invited to those. Now they've, they've simply invited the head of the African Union, which happens to be the Comores at the moment. So they mm. go to speak for Africa at the G7, the most uh, influential uh, group, the richest countries in the world. So, you know, I mean, it, it, there's so many, so many knock-ons to this, but, uh, that, that the war in Ukraine should end um, immediately is axiomatic. Uh, but how to do that? That's the question. JJ, there's just one last thing someone said here, and I mean, it's just such an obvious thing. I can't believe it hasn't come up before in in the discussion on this show. But somebody said uh, it's a it's a lame joke. But what is JJ's favorite pie? Is it a Cornish pasty? <laughs> Does it start with a C and end with? Can an you H? imagine what my school days must have been like? Cornish yo, yo, school, yo. Cornish hens, oh. Cornish pasty. Yeah. <laughs> So that's oh, clearly sorry. one of my old schoolmates. And I'll tell you, sod you. You, you <laughs> might have played first team rugby, but you were always a poopal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, JJ. Thanks so much. It's thanks, always JJ. good to see you. And thanks for Lovely uh, chatting, uh, eh? Thanks for your valuable contribution. I like the fact that it sometimes uh, devolves into uh, all kinds of, of bizarre theories between all of us. Thank you, JJ Cornish. And of course, the African analysis brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. Make sure you find out more by going to cliffcentral.com and the Johannesburg Business School is on our website. You can follow all the links. I'll tell you what, they are doing really interesting work across the continent. They are absolutely on top of things when it comes to seeing the opportunities that can lead your business into expansion across Africa. They also know lots of people across the continent. They are constantly gathering intelligence about where and when and how and why And you need to know what that information is, especially if you're looking at making your business bigger, more continental, more global. Talk Mm. to the Johannesburg Business School. If you're studying there, you already know all of this. JJ Cornish back again in two weeks time. All right. It is seven o'clock. When we come back, we've got a whole lot more for you. Stick around. Cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.